Hi, it's Jamie. And I'm Portia. And we are Just Two Pearls. Join us for Adventures in Pearls. This poem is called Storm Ending. It's by Jean Toomer. Thunder blossoms gorgeously above our heads. Great, hollow, bell-like flowers rumbling in the wind, stretching clappers to strike our ears, full-lipped flowers bitten by the sun, bleeding rain, dripping rain like golden honey, and the sweet earth flying from the thunder. Thus ends the poem. Ooh, that was a good one, Jamie. I love Jean Toomer. So good. First and foremost, Jamie, I want to say thanks Again, for the warm birthday wishes, I feel full off of all of the birthday love and uh, all that good stuff. And so for my adventure on today, I just want to share a little bit about where I am. So for my birthday, I had a great time just spending it with friends and loved ones and people um, who wanted to spend time with me. I kind of did this thing like a birthday crawl where I was in different locations and people could just kind of find me and celebrate with me as they wished. And it was a really good time. But what I also realized in my birthday was feeling 29 isn't necessarily a rush to get to 30, but it's also a great opportunity for me to reflect And so I've had a lot of great reflection time within my own self. I have been able to understand uh, some groundedness within myself. And so I had the opportunity to go back home to celebrate my pastor's 25th pastoral anniversary. And so that's a quarter of a century, y'all. So that's a long time to be serving as a senior pastor. And so he recently celebrated 25. And in that moment where I was sharing words of thanks and gratitude and sharing words of appreciation and lessons that I've learned from him as my pastor mentor, in that exact moment that I was speaking to him and to the congregation, I realized within myself that I have grown, I have matured, I have learned lessons that I did not (laughs) learn while I was uh, there at home, I was able to learn on my own. So within the last year of my life at 28, I've come to understand just how phenomenal of a young person that I am, of a young woman that I am, I've learned that I am grown-ish, right? I'm still growing, but I have grown a lot more than I have given myself credit for. And every day is another opportunity to learn and to flourish and to grow and to just have a great time with life and have a great time with God. I've had an opportunity to kind of wrestle with my call. I'm always wrestling with my call because the call is always calling. So um, I'm always wrestling with the new phases and levels of it. But one particular thing that I did as a um as a as a marker of my 29th year is I have this plant in my house um that I also wanted to talk about in terms of my little 29th reflection or, or adventure rather. Uh, I have this plant that I I think I might have talked about it on the show once before um that I had a plant that I got as a gift and then I had to replant it sooner than I thought I would need to because it was growing so fast. And I said that I had to pay attention to the roots. Well, I replanted it back in September, October time, and now I had to do it again, right? So it's been like six months. 
And I realized when I repotted my plant this time that the roots were so long and they were starting to wrap themselves around each other. And it was almost like they were suffocating the plant. (laughs) And I say that to say is sometimes we are growing and we're flourishing and we're just growing and God is doing all these wonderful things to us and through us that we have to just remember to really watch our roots. And so I'm reminding myself through my own little plant to remember where am I grounded and who am I grounded in? I'm grounded and rooted in God. I'm grounded and rooted in the word of God and uh, in the text that we have that we call the Bible. It's not the only sacred text, but it is the one that um, that I use and I read. Uh, there are many sacred texts, y'all, just FYI. <laughs> and I realized that I must continue to look at my roots, continue to look at the leaves, look at the the stems of my plant and to continue to allow it to flourish. And when it's time to be transplanted, replanted, repotted, to remember that it is for the best. It is for what is positive. Sometimes we go through things that always feel good. 28 was an interesting year, but I'm definitely looking forward to all of what 29 brings. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jamie, for all the love. Thank you, Pearls, for all the love. It has been an incredible year and I'm so excited for what 29 holds. And that is my adventure. Awesome. And I'm sure 29 holds lots of wonderful things. And we will look forward to hearing more about all of the wonderful things that 29 offers you here on the podcast. So Pearls, we're in an interesting spot today because it is just about the middle of April and we are really grappling with what that means as women who are Christians and are aware of the Christian liturgical calendar. We are aware that Sunday is Palm Sunday. We are aware that the season of Lent marches on uh, for about another week. And so we're aware that there might be things we can say about that. We're just filled with abundant possibilities about what we could discuss today on the podcast. So Portia, have you come up with uh, any cohesive direction in which we could begin our chat with the pearls today? You know, it's so interesting, right? Um, Thinking about Palm Sunday, thinking about being in the middle of the journey of April, just kind of being uh, not really quite in the middle of spring yet, but we are definitely not at the beginning of spring for sure. And so um, sometimes it's always good to just pause and reflect about the middle of the journey or the journey that is not yet complete. Because even though we are headed toward the cross, we're headed toward Jerusalem um, to begin what I call a great witness of a protest. Um, You know, the palms were more than just uh, celebrating Jesus' triumphant uh, entry into Jerusalem, but also um, a way of protesting uh, the Roman Empire as well um, to declare that Jesus is king in, in the time of Caesar is like huge, right? So I just think about um, what are we um, in the middle of? What are we in the thick of? What are we um, protesting? What are we not protesting? What are we standing firm and grounded in? And so I think April brings about a great time of just reflection, even though there's nothing hallmarky about 
April. I just made that word up, hallmarky. There's nothing hallmarky about April um, besides being a fool. But um, there's just so many things that we could just um, uh, just parse through. But I think that a great place to just kind of uh, ground us for today is just kind of thinking about the question of um, where are we and what are we standing for? Like, what are we what are we standing up for and who are we standing up with? And just supporting in that. And I think that being in uh, the Palm Sunday mode helps us to think about that. Uh, We're ending the traditional part of the Lenten season because technically Holy Week itself is not necessarily uh, the Lenten, the actual uh, lenten season. I mean, it is a part of Lent, but it's not like the thick of Lent. Um, you're, You're nearing the end. You see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I think that's a good place to land. So Jamie, what are your thoughts on that? One thing about me, Pearl, which I'm not sure that I've talked about very much on the podcast, but that a lot of people know about me, is even though I'm improving a lot, I'm not the most patient person in the world. I really don't appreciate waiting, especially if I... Just in general, under any circumstances, I'm not a huge fan of the weight. I don't really. I'm just and and the reason why is because I think and I'm going to reframe this as a positive problem rather than a negative problem. (laughs) The part of the problem is that I'm a person who's eager to get on with life. I'm eager to see what the end will be. I'm eager to get to a conclusion, get to resolution, right? And so um, if we're in the middle of a disagreement, for example, I want us just to go ahead and squash it and resolve it so that we can move on to the next thing. If we're in a moment of expectation, I want whatever it is to go ahead and happen so that we can move on to whatever comes next. And I think part of what I like about the liturgical calendar or what is helpful to me or what is spiritually edifying to me is the fact that seasons like Lent, like Advent, they call upon us to wait to see what the end will be. And so I kind of feel like I'm in this liminal space right now where, yes, there is so much going on in the world. I feel like my life itself is a constant protest against various forms of injustice and oppression. And my life itself, I try to make my voice a call for liberation. And at the same time, as Portia has stated, part of the question is, but what is the end toward which we are striving? This quarter, I'm in a class that's about research design But one of the things that the professor is teaching us to do is to set goals. And then when you set a big goal for yourself, you have to kind of reverse engineer what it's going to take for you to achieve that goal by the appointed date. And so I feel like right now I'm in that season of planning and I have to know what my big goals are. And I have I have obviously goals for the next nine or 10 weeks, right, like for the academic year. But one of the things that it's also teaching me to think about is what are my personal goals and when do I plan to achieve those goals 
and to map backwards to try to figure out week by week, maybe even day by day, maybe even hour by hour, what is it going to take for me to attain those goals? And it's, I don't know, it's just like this being in the middle of April is just such a big challenge for me because I'm just like, I don't know what comes next. I don't know what the next big thing is that I'm struggling for, you know, being in the middle of a thing that you prayed for is really positive. But then once you're there, it's also really difficult because it's like, okay, cool. So what do I do now? (laughs) So I know I'm just kind of rambling and being incoherent right now and probably not at all answering Portia's question. But that's where I find myself right now. Was that an answer to your question or was that just me running my mouth, Portia? I think it's a both and. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a very productive both and, right? Um, Because I asked several questions. So that's the thing about um, being able to interview and ask things, right? It's I'm that person who happens to just kind of throw a lot at one time. Um, And it's kind of like then there's all these options. So, you know, just kind of being in the middle of it and then just kind of sharing where you are is a very much a part of the question. So I also asked, like, you know, what are you standing up for? What are you protesting? So there was so many avenues um, to kind of really take that. And I think you took it and ran with it. Um, for sure. And so like my questions are like, you know, pretty much open-ended. Um, and that's what makes for great exploratory things. And as I'm also thinking as, uh, as I'm speaking out loud is just thinking about questions, right? The questions of life, the questions that we continue to ask ourselves in life. Um, I think that when we're in the middle of a journey between the not yet and the what has passed and all that good stuff, also known as the present. When we're in the present, I think it's a positive thing to ask ourselves questions. Uh, we are often seeking answers a lot, but we don't do a very good job all the time of just asking life questions. Sometimes the answer can be the question. Like, for instance, on Jeopardy, the answer is the question, right? So you get the clue, which is the answer. But to answer the the clue, you have to ask a question. That is how you get points. You get points for asking questions. And so for me being in the middle of this journey, understanding what am I standing up for? Who am I? All those questions. I'm asking myself new questions. I'm asking myself, uh, what does it look like uh, to be a young woman, millennial, millennial? urban America? What does all that stuff even mean? But not just what does it mean for the church? What does that mean for Portia? Uh, So all of those things, I'm understanding that it's okay to keep asking questions. Um, So yeah, I have lots of questions and I'm trying to come up with new ones every day because that's the fun part. That's the exploratory part. And I can't stand like when people are like, oh, don't question God. It's like, but that's total, you know, putty, right? That's silly putty. It's it's really silly. We are we are and we should continue to ask God questions. Um so I just think being in the middle garners this this spirit of questioning. Um that is okay. Um so that is my response to your response of 
Did I answer the question? Of course you answered the question. You gave an answer. (laughs) So absolutely, you're definitely answering uh, the question. Um, So that's the fun part. Um, Yeah. So that's what I've got. What about you? What is it that you are struggling for, um, protesting, advocating for during this season of your life? You know, that's a really good question, Jamie. You know what I'm advocating for um, right now, because my work is m- primarily surrounded by youth and young people mm-hmm. um, in the church. I'm my my biggest advocacy right now is for them to have a space that they can claim. Part of my frustration and part of the thing that keeps me up at night in this season, uh, minus other things, uh, just in my own personal life that keep me up at night, is for young people to have a place in worship, to have a place in church. I really, I I get real hot and frustrated. I really don't think people take youth seriously. I think they want to say, hey, we're doing stuff to say that we're including our kids. We're a youth-friendly church, but yeah, you don't see a single child sitting in worship. Like, what kind of stuff is that? Like, I may sound a little ranty right now, but that is something that genuinely bothers me. I am bothered by people not genuinely giving young people a space. To feel like when you be- somehow become an adult, then that's when you take your rightful place. No. And then you wonder why they don't come to church no more. Like, I just don't understand. So my wrestle is, and it's not just with church. It's also in education. It's also in other uh, organizations, too. I'm noticing as I'm just working in the community that people don't actually invite young people's voices to the table. And Jesus, as an example, is very much like you have a space in the temple. You have a space in this world. You have a space. Like, let the children come to me and hinder them not. And I feel like adults do a lot of hindering of young people and stifling of their voices. And it frustrates me. Um, and I feel like just people want to get a brownie point uh, just for saying, oh, well, we've done X. We've done this. It's like, but are you really building relationships? So that's what I'm protesting. That's what I'm uh, passionate about right now. That's what I'm advocating for. That's who I'm standing with. I'm standing on the side of the children. Um, I'm not really too concerned about the affairs of adults right now. Um, you know, grown folk think they know it all. So I just keep letting them think they know it all. Um, I don't think people pay attention sometimes to the harm and the damage that they are causing their children left and right. Um, you know, just by some selfish decisions that they make. Um, even though I understand that sometimes parents are just doing the best that they can. And I don't know if I always have a right to speak um, uh, in terms of just, guys, I don't have children of my own. But I do think I have a place as an adult to say that we deserve or they deserve to hear uh, or have us listen. They deserve to have us listen to them. That's what I want to say. And so that's where I'm at. Um, I just I just wonder sometimes if parents and adults Take the time to really look at what they're doing and how their stuff is bleeding on young people and how their children are actually really hurting. Um, And they're not going about it in the best way, but that's not my business. You know, I'm just trying to be a good little youth pastor, do my job, Jamie. And, um, you know, and not just the job at, at my church, but just my job in the world and showing up in the world beyond just the work of the four walls. Um, Cause my showing up as a youth pastor is more than just, what I do on uh, at my desk or what I do in the walls of, of the edifice of the building. So um, I'm just, I just love children and I just, it hurts to see them suffer or feeling like they don't have a space that they can actually claim. I think it's 
a really big challenge because I'm not sure how many of us who are now currently existing outside of the world of childhood are even aware of what it means to be a child today. So the people who you're working with, they were born, uh, what, like 2005 and after? Mm-hmm. And that's such a different reality. Like by the time 2005, 2006, 2007, when these children were being born, we were already in high school, applying to college, uh, potentially headed off to college. And now these children today, they are surrounded on every side by so much more knowledge and information but also so much more negative messaging than we were able to access when we were the same exact age. And so it's really challenging because, you know, even for me with teaching, my youngest students were born around the year 2000, some in 2001, some even in 2003, you know, who got here, you know, just a little bit younger. And Portia, it is the strangest experience because I'm like, they're even though they're only like 10, 11 years younger than I am, they never grew up in a time without like the internet being so pervasive. They never grew up in a time without constantly this barrage of social media. They don't even remember 9-11. So they don't even remember like in the 90s when your parents, like if you were flying by yourself, they could walk you like all the way to the gate and like basically put you on the plane. Like they don't even remember that level of kind of safety and security that we took for granted. And it's just so challenging because I think you're exactly right. I think you are right. A lot of older adults and a lot of parents don't even know what they don't know about their children. Does that make sense? And so it's so difficult for them to have another adult like you come in and be like, y'all don't even know. They're like, what do you mean? We don't know. These are our children. And I'm like, you don't even know because I don't even know, but at least I know that I don't know. And y'all are running around here acting like, you know, exactly what's going on with them. And you don't, you know, so many people want to say, well, being a teenager has always been difficult for the following reasons. Okay, cool, cool. That's true. We've never been teenagers under the kinds of circumstances under which people are teenagers today. Like that's a completely, and like early childhood, can you even imagine what people are going through now, you know, in early childhood? So my hat goes off to you. That is, I think it's a productive fight to have. I don't know, you know, from my own limited experience right now, working with parents of the church that I'm attending, it feels I don't know. It's it's this weird space where it feels like they're connected to their children, but they are also so radically disconnected from their children. And it's a it's a big challenge. And so kudos to you for, you know, continuing to advocate for the young people because they certainly need an advocate. They certainly need space. They certainly need space where they feel like they can be themselves and like they can be honest and they can speak their truth. And I feel like that's so rarely happening for them in, in society. And it's definitely rare within the walls of the church. And they pick up on that. And it makes them feel unsafe in the church. So, yeah, feeling safe in the church is definitely something, you know, that young people really want to feel. 
And not even just young people, right? This whole feeling safe in the church definitely even speaks to uh, elders, like the seasoned season saints, um, better known as the geriatric community, but I don't like saying that, <laughs> you know, that's not a very nice way to put it. But um, the seasoned saints don't always feel safe or welcomed. And sometimes even, and dare I even say it, even though like 75% of most congregations are built up of women, but women too, you know, I'm still hearing as progressive as we like to proclaim to be in some spaces, I'm still hearing uh, men, you know, referring, you know, to Eve as a problem or to Rahab as a a whore, you know, and it's just kind of like, when are we going to get off those questions or not questions, but when are we going to get off those ideologies and those thoughts and just like that Eve is the problem or that Rahab is 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 a whore or that uh Hagar should have just stayed home and known her place and like it's like why are we still preaching that you know and so I think just creating a, a faith culture all the way around um, it's gonna take some work you know for women for children for the elderly um, and for the foreign it, it's going to take some continued work. Um, so yeah, I think the church overall is between the 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 is in, is in the present, right? Between the not yet and the what has been, and so each day we've got to continue to just trying to figure that out. Is it the same? Like even in the academy, Jamie, um, is it that is that kind of like a similar situation that y'all are having? Yeah, you know, I think the interesting thing about I was at a conference at Sarah Lawrence in early March. And one of the things that the panelists were talking about is the ways that women have responded to the Me Too movement. And they were specifically looking at women who were like domestic laborers and women who do farm work. But they were talking about the pervasive harassment of LGBT people, people of color, women that continues to exist and to be overlooked in the academy At our very own alma mater, Yale, there was a controversy pretty recently um, where there was a professor who was producing at a pretty high level, a person of color, and did not receive tenure, even though everyone who knew this scholar, everyone who was working with this scholar was convinced that this person was going to receive tenure. And so there's like a, a, a race and ethnicity program at Yale, it's it's like a certificate program, not a not like a department. But all of the professors in that department just like s- submitted their resignation to that, you know, to that certificate program. Like I said, it's not a department. So sorry to keep calling it a department. But this is a huge problem in the academy where people of color don't feel safe. And I'm talking from, you know, the first year working class. Um, queer person of color student who's entering all the way on up to people who are professors, who are publishing, who have, you know, made it through all those different levels of the academy where people are being harassed, abused, bullied, you know, women of gr- women and girls, people of color, um, queer folks, and nothing is being said about it. Um, there's still not the level of support. We got folks like our pal Betsy, DeVos, y'all know who I'm talking about, 
who is now advocating basically for people who are being accused of perpetrating crimes against marginalized people on college campuses. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a really big challenge in the church, in the academy, but like, and when I say like in the world, right, this is a huge problem for women who are domestic workers. This is a huge problem for women who, you know, work in farms and in factories. And it's something that we have to get really serious about what is it that we are going to do for, you know, global female workers, global queer workers, global people of color workers, like, right? Like this is an issue from colonization forward, that right? <laughs> is not safe for our bodies to be anywhere. And we have to get really serious about doing something about that. So yeah, I guess if you say, what is, what is it that I'm protesting right now? Yeah, I'm protesting for, you know, when we say safe space, that we are looking at the people who are most marginalized and advocating for that group of people to have safe space because it's still, despite all of the protests that's been happening, that still for a lot of people doesn't exist. So yeah, I think that's a really important conversation. So we've talked a lot about some things that are really weighing pretty heavily on our hearts and minds here in the middle of April. But Portia, what I'm wondering as we go into the last um, segment of our conversation is in the middle of April, where are you looking for hope right now? What is making you feel encouraged and excited? So for hope, um, which is always a very, very fun um, topic, right? Um, Hope. There's so many theologians that just kind of write on hope. And so hope is always like kind of like my forefront of my brain right now in these days. But I think the hope is that there is something beyond the wilderness, that the wilderness does not last always. Um, whether the wilderness situated is something in our lives that we are not um, pleasant it's not necessarily always the most pleasant experience. It could be a very dark, lonely experience where we're being tested, like Jesus in the wilderness. Um, but it's coming to an end, right? Uh, that the wilderness phases come to a close at some point. Sometimes, now I will be mindful that sometimes all wildernesses do not end uh, in the text, but majority of them do. But this wilderness, known as the Lenten season, as we're going toward Palm Sunday, is going to come to an end. Um, and uh, there is hope, right? And so the hope is in the resurrection. The hope is in the fact that Jesus promised us that there would be more after this. And that's all we can stand on. And that is all that that matters uh, in this moment is that even though sometimes things may not look very promising, that there was a promise made And I don't know a Jesus that doesn't make good on every promise uh, that that is stated, that is said. And so that's what I'm looking um, forward to, is that um, all things that go down eventually got to come back up and all things that go up come back down. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful in the cycle that is life, that there are brighter days um, ahead and resurrection is coming and coming soon. Stay tuned. (laughs) How about you, Jamie? What gives me hope is that despite everything that there are still people who are like excited about life and making a positive impact in the world. 
<laughs> and are excited to make a positive impact in the world. I, uh, you know, I've said in the past that UCLA is on a quarter system. So the students are in classes for three different quarters. And so the students in my winter class had a final exam. And so I emailed them to let them know that if they wanted to come pick up their final exam from the gender studies office, they could. But I got an email from a student who had been in my winter quarter. And like all the email basically said was thank you for being a great TA and that she, you know, didn't know much about gender studies coming into the class, but she felt so comfortable in the class and she learned a lot. It was one of the classes where she's learned the most at UCLA. And as a result of taking the class, she's really been thinking about her politics and how she'll make a difference in the world. And she is thinking about minoring in gender studies now. And so she was just so grateful. I'm um, for the class and for the way it helped her to expand her thinking about what she might even want to study during the rest of her time at UCLA. And the email was so sweet and it's so nice to get emails where people aren't asking you to do anything. It's like moments like that give me hope because there is a current generation and next generations coming behind that generation who are excited about what it looks like to make a difference in the world, what it looks like to have a positive impact. Um, who are excited about learning and are about expanding their imagination and their um, knowledge of the world around them. And that's really exciting. And so it's opportunities like that where we really get to see people learning and growing. And I'm sure you have similar experiences as a youth pastor that are really, I think, a reason to keep waking up in the morning and keep trying to make a difference because there are people who are out there with us also trying to make a difference. So, Jamie, with all of this hopefulness, all of this hopefulness that is going to soon come and is present, you know, because hope isn't just soon coming, it is also present um, at every turn. We just got to be willing to see it. I think that we must be petty. We must be petty. We, we. All right. Um, I have I have long, long dreams of going to France, y'all. Wee wee. I'm done. All right. Well, I'm planning a Paris vacation. It's not going to be for another few years, but we should all just go to Paris. Pearls in Paris with Paris. Mm, yes. yes. I, I love it. I love it. Two pearls, two Paris. Uh, so with all of that, uh, gotta be petty, you know what I'm saying? Because that's just what we do. And if you don't like it, well, feel free to cut us off right now. You, you got this far, you might as well hang in there. So, you know, which also reminds me to the people who are petty, who just skim to the petty pearl and don't listen to the rest of the episode. Y'all are super petty. Um, but I love y'all though. Um, but, but what, what we want to say is that um, I've been petty. I, I'm going to be personally petty. Um, this year, I did not really do Lent like I probably should have. But you know what? I just I just didn't. You know, Jesus still loves me. <laughs> Anyhow. So I, I started off, you know, real good. And then I fell off. And then I was reminded, just sitting in worship, like, oh, yeah, it's Lent. Um, but you know what I realized, and this may sound real petty. Somebody may not like it, but I'm gonna say it anyhow. It's that maybe that is the point of Lent. Maybe the entire point of Lent 
is that we fall off the wagon because everybody wants to be perfect. But maybe that's the point. Maybe the whole point of the Lenten season is not to be perfect, but to be reminded of the grace that is given to us. I'm not saying that grace, we got to use it as an excuse to jack up. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying sometimes we need to get all the way off the high horse a little bit, you know, not be so high and mighty that we forget that the whole purpose of Lent is for us to draw inward and closer to develop our relationship with Christ. It's not and with God and um, all of that good stuff and not so much about trying to be perfect. You know, if you made it to all 40 days and, you know, you lost 30 pounds because you went on a diet because you felt like Lent was your diet season, which some people think it's a diet season and it's not. That's not Lent. Lent is not a diet. Um, it's a lifestyle. Um, you know, I I just want to say, you know, kudos to you for making it, you know, this far. Um, but, you know, don't make the rest of folk feel bad because they decide they want a piece of pound cake on their birthday. It's all good. Um, so that's what I want to say. You know, if you fell off on Lent this year, it's okay. You know why? Because the point is not to be perfect. The point is to to realize um, who you are in God and who you are continually being called to be. Um, with full love, with full grace, and with full joy, you know, go forth in God's speed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Just Two Pearls. And you can email us at adventures at just2pearls.com. And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.